Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaporst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the NFC East, how we feel it's going to stack up now after the majority of the offseason has, has passed, the draft has passed. And then we'll start to break down the Cowboys' schedule for this one. We'll, we'll start with their first three games of the 2023 season. Uh, but as always, we'll start off with a trivia question. And this week it is my turn to do the question. So um, this defensive end was a, or let me, I'll just say defensive lineman. I think he had a little flex. Uh, was a undrafted free agent out of Hofstra University. My first hint. Defensive lineman undrafted out of Hofstra. Yep. Oh my God. You know, I think I know this. It's just not gonna. It's not coming to me. Yeah. What was the? What's the era you're guessing? Let's see if you're on the right track. I'm guessing the uh, Super Bowl era. Okay. You want another? Hint? I don't know. Hervin McCormack. Nope. Okay. Um. So he was, he was signed. He, his first team was with the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent, and then he signed a five-year, twenty-seven and a half million dollar contract with the rival Redskins as his next team. Oh, God, I don't know. Um, Got one more hand. I know this one. I know, I know this one, you tell me. Um, a contract with the Redskins. No, Jason Hatcher did, but he was a third-round pick. Um, I don't know, George Selvey? Nope, that was a good guess, though. Um, I'll give you two hints now. So he was uh, good friends with Jason Hatcher, and he was the last, he was part of the last draft class of Bill Parcells. Nah, it's not coming to me. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Bowen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which actually, like, on paper, it looked like a terrible deal for Washington to sign, almost like a uh, Jeremy Parnell kind of deal. But he actually had one good season with them. And then he kind of fell off and, and probably still wasn't a great contract, but at least he had probably his best season with them. Um so, speaking of NFC East teams, um, let's let's start with that. What uh, what do you think of the the other three teams in the NFC? We'll, we'll talk in depth about the Giants more so, but uh, with that being our first opponent, but where do you feel like we are in comparison now to the Eagles, Giants, and Commanders on a high level? Well, I think they're all. I, I think the, the Commanders and the Giants will be better teams, um, and I think the Eagles will be just as good. Um, it, it's it's that's one of the reasons why I stress so much the fact that the Cowboys can't 
can't take their, their foot off the pedal. And they really still need to infuse a team with more talent is because this has become such a competitive division. And, um, you know, I know we got two wins over the Giants last year. I'd be surprised if that happens again. Um, and, like I said, those other teams, the Giants and the Giants made the playoffs. Obviously, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Washington was pretty good. And, like I said, I think that they've only improved – and uh, that's why it's incumbent upon us to not stay the same, but to be better. Yeah. And I, and getting Gilmore and Cooks were moves in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think we got better. Um, I, I would agree. I think the Eagles probably stayed about the same. I, I think you can make an argument. Maybe they took it half step back, but um, but not no more than that. I would I, I I definitely agree the Giants got better. I don't know if the if Commanders got better though because they're going from a proven well they're going from a proven mediocre quarterback to quarterback, a completely yeah, yeah. unknown. Now I will say this they they brought in Jacoby Brissett. It sounds like he's going to back up initially, but if Sam Howell is a complete disaster. I think Brissett, based on how he played last year, should be at least as good, if not better, than the duo of Carson Wentz and, and Taylor Heineke last year. So there is a little bit of a floor based on that. But beyond that, I, I don't know if they really made too many moves that, you know, I'm like, oh, oh, that's definitely going to get them better. Whereas the Giants definitely did. I mean, Darren Waller... Um, that could be a huge move if he's back to full health. They had a great draft, uh, and then they retained Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Um, but, yeah, the Commanders, I didn't love their draft. And, yeah, Jacoby Brissett probably was their best free agent signing. Like that, to, to ensure that their quarterback situation is unlikely to be a complete disaster because you really know nothing about Sam Howell. Um, but, yeah, they, they brought in a few... I'm looking at some of their signings. They brought in a few depth pieces. Andrew Wiley, offensive lineman, Cameron, Cameron Dantzler, a cornerback. Neither of those guys... I mean, yeah, neither of them are, are going to be strong starters. They're like, you know passable fringe backups decent depth pieces so yeah i i think i think we should clearly be better than washington and i still think we're better than the giants at this juncture but the giants are definitely trending in the right direction um and maybe that'll bring us to to week one so we're playing the giants week one in new york what are your what are your thoughts of that game? Who do you think wins? What do you think? Um, yeah, how do you think that will go? Do any? You said you didn't think we would win both our games against the Giants, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say because so many things are up in the air. But I'll, I'll sure. go with the uh, I'll go with the uh, Cowboys in this one. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think the, the Giants, so the first year we did this podcast going into the 2019 season, 
one of my fears, and I, I definitely mentioned this a couple times leading to the season, one of my fears was that we would be a better team than we were the previous year but have a worse record because of how we won our games in 2018. I think we were 8-2 and two in one-score games, which is not a sustainable way of winning. And shocker, we went like 1-7 in, in one-score games in 2019. And even though I think we were a better team, we went 8-8 eight and eight versus 10-6. and six. So that's kind of how I feel about the Giants, where they went 9-7-1 and one last year, but they did it in a very unsustainable way in, in winning a lot of one-score games. I don't know the exact. Let me rattle off that. I mean, their first. But if they've gotten better. Right, right. But that, that's the question is how much better. Because you do have, historically, you're not going to win one-score games like that consistently over multiple seasons now if you are not it could happen the the times it's happened is been for example the denver broncos from 2011 to 2012 they they went i think seven and one or something like that in one score games in in 2011 and they went 13 and three in 2012 Difference was Tim Tebow versus Peyton Manning. So something like that where it's a like worst quarterback to best <laughs> type of situation. Well of course, but they're but they're also not winning as many one score games in twenty thirteen because they're just a better team than everyone they're playing. I, I don't think you can bank on historically at least, there there's always a buck against the trend. Historically exactly. teams that that win that way unless they're, you know, night and day better, which I don't think the Giants are. I think they are they have taken steps to get better, but I don't think they're dramatically better. I, I could see them I mean if if I had to give like a range of outcomes, I would say they could win as few as seven games, but I could see them potentially winning ten. But I, I don't see them I, I don't see them as better than the Cowboys or Eagles. It is the bottom line. And, and maybe I'm underestimating Daniel Jones with Darren Waller like that. That could be a legitimate, you know, as good as any tight end in the league type Have of Have they got a wide receiver Kelsey. yet? No, that's that's the reason. Like, if, if you had a true number one, A.J. Brown, a, a Jamar Chase, if you add that to their room of receivers, it's a different story. I would at least entertain the possibility that they could jump the Cowboys or Eagles, but they don't. They've got, they've still got Darius Slayton. He's probably their number one right now. Um, then they drafted Jalen Hyatt, who I think is a good deep threat. He he could be a Deshaun Jackson type of guy, maybe. I, I don't have a ton of faith that he's going to hit that, but but he can definitely be a decent deep threat. But there's no guy, there's no number one that you're like, oh, that guy's unquestionably your number one receiver. Right. Um, it's probably Saquon Barkley, frankly, um, or, or Darren Waller. Like that's that's the reason. I, I think their O line has definitely gotten better. They got my guy, John Michael Schmitz. Like that's a, as big of a jump as any. The Giants' center position before and now having John Michael Schmitz, they already have a all-pro left tackle in Andrew Thomas. So the O-line is coming together a little bit. But 
they still have some weaknesses on the O-line. And Daniel Jones, I think... Daniel Jones is, is weird because I think early in his career, I, I didn't expect much of him coming out. Early in his career, statistically wasn't great, but his, his PFF grades were better. So I thought he was maybe a little underrated. But now I feel like he's kind of getting overrated a little bit ultimately he's never really had a great supporting cast so you can't really say for sure what he is but i I don't think he necessarily will have a great supporting cast this year either the biggest thing i'll say about the giants and, and what gives me the most concern is not any of their players it's their coaches i really think they have a top notch coaching staff in brian dable as head coach and Wink Martindale as defensive coordinator. I think those guys will give their players a bump of some sort. But again, unless you're suddenly winning all these games by two scores, you're just statistically, it's improbable that you'll go seven and one in one score games again. That's so you're talking about the uh, the element of chance, the element of luck. Uh, the ball bounced their way last year, not yeah. so this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and they're yeah. Let, let me just real quick rattle through this. So, so they won their first two games by one score. They lost both games to us. Technically, were one score games. Now, I would argue the second one they got kind of it, it was kind of a garbage touchdown, but but still, for the sake of this, two and two, they beat the. Bears, they beat the Packers, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Jaguars. All so all of their first six wins were by one score. They beat the Texans by one. They beat the Commanders by one. So the only and then they beat the Vikings. So the only team they beat by more than one score was the Indianapolis Colts. The the whole season, um, and then their losses were, I think, both their losses to us and then against Philly. They lost by one score. So they were 9-3-1 in one-score game. So I would expect at minimum that's going to go down to, you know, 6-7 and this year. So that drops you three wins. And then the question is, how do you do in those other games? Like, that that's where my 7-10 to win projection comes in. Like, maybe you win all of the other games by multiple scores, but... Or, or maybe you just go in, you have less one-score games this year because you're a better team. But, again, I don't, I don't think they're that much better to where they're going to be beating teams by multiple scores consistently. So, uh, long story short, I think we beat the Giants. I, I would feel pretty confident that we'll be the better team. And even in, in New York, I think we, we beat them. Um the next opponent, which I think is is going to be a, a fun game and, and an interesting one to talk about, the uh, the team that you saw live, uh, much different team than they were back then, the uh, New York Jets, come to Dallas for the second game of the season. What what do you what are your thoughts on that matchup? Well, I think the Cowboys can win that one too because the Jets are still in the rebuilding phase very much. I know they added a lot of, you know, some good talent on both sides of the ball last year with their rookies, uh, and they've got Aaron Rodgers, but he's not a miracle worker. 
Um, okay. They still got a ways to go. Okay. I, I am much less confident in us being the Jets than the Giants. I'll, I'll say that. I, and it's it's because of Rodgers. I mean, I think my, my view is that last year, last year he was not good. It was one of his worst years, maybe his worst year ever from like just a pure box off, box score numbers. However, I view it as kind of like Tom Brady's last season with the Patriots, Tom Brady's 2006 season before he got Randy Moss and Wes Welker, in that the, the, the thing with the elite quarterbacks in the league is even in the absolute worst possible conditions, they still stay in that high 70 PFF grading range, which is right where yeah. Rodgers was. That's where Brady was those seasons versus a guy like Dak who falls into like the low 60s, high 70s. I think with the Jets now, the, the biggest question I have with the Jets is their offensive line. And I think there there's a big range of outcomes in, in how that could go down. A lot of it has to do with health. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is, is a key po- part of their line, and he's coming off a big injury I do think that Rodgers Rodgers takes a lot of sacks he's not a guy like a Tom Brady or Joe Burrow who's like getting ball out in 2.3 seconds consistently we never seem to be able to sack him yeah yeah but he does yeah maybe not us but but Compared to some of these other guys, he does get sacked more. He does invite pressure more than those guys. Or, or Peyton Manning, for example, who in that season I described from 2011 to 2012, the Bra- the Broncos' offensive line went from like the absolute worst in the NFL from PFF grading to like top five with no changes in the actual players. And, and I think Peyton Manning just knowing where to go with the ball and getting out quick played a big part of that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is quite the same in that regard. But I do think they the biggest thing is uh, of why you would feel good about Rodgers is that he's got Garrett Wilson now, who, who I think has the potential to be at least close to as good as Devontae Adams. Maybe not quite that good, but much better than anyone he had in Green Bay last year. And I think, you know, they've got Marquez Valdez-Cantling. They signed him as a – or am I confusing him and Alan Lazard? I think I am. Um, Alan Lazard. Yeah, yeah, I am. So Alan Lazard is who they signed from the Packers. And and Alan Lazard was basically their number – the Packers' number one receiver last year. And he's not that good. But he is, I think, a guy who is capable of being a solid number two receiver. And now with Garrett Wilson, he slots right in. I think that works nicely. They've got a couple decent tight ends, too. But the biggest thing is the defense and Garrett Wilson, plus, plus a strong run game. They got Brees Hall in the draft the other uh, last year, and he was looking phenomenal before he got hurt. So, I think the Jets are... So, basically, I think Rodgers is going to be back to the elite level 
that you kind of expect it. And unless the Jets' O-line is a complete disaster and that completely you know, messes him up, I think that he's going to be back to a high level, and, and that poses challenges for us. But even with as good as our defense is, as I expect our defense to be with Gilmore coming in, I think that that one's a 50-50 game to me. The Cowboys. Does our defense improve with uh, Damone Clark uh, starting at linebacker over Anthony Barr? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Considering he's he's got a, a full off season now. He's coming. He's further off the injury. I mean, last yeah. year he basically like he didn't have a true training camp. He was hurt. Right. So he kind of jumped in feet in the fire, and I think he was already better than Anthony Barr last year. So. I think he will be, and and I also think that the addition of Mozzie Smith will make it easier on both of our linebackers. So I, I expect our defense to be better. I, I expect us to have as you know health as long as we stay healthy. I expect us to have a much higher sack count because we're going to have better coverage, and that. You know, our pressure to sack ratio is going to be, or I guess our sack to pressure ratio is going to be higher if the quarterbacks are holding on to the ball. I think that's the only reason the Eagles had so many more sacks than we did last year is because they had two really good cornerbacks and we had one. Um, so, yeah. It's I, not I, as great as people think. Who is not as great? Trayvon Diggs. Maybe, but I, I think similar to, to Alan Lazard, I think with Stefan Gilmore, and, and I think Diggs could get better. I, I, he's pr- progressed each year. Now, cornerback is kind of a weird, fluky position where PFF you can't doesn't expect— give him a, doesn't give him a real high grade. No, no, they don't. But they, they did give him a better grade last year than the year before when he had all the interceptions. Two points. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> marginally, but, but yeah. So— you know, Gilmore coming in should make it easier on on Trayvon Diggs. And and no matter how you slice it, even if you're going off PFF grades, he's still above average in coverage. And really, his strength is has always been ball skills and, and creating turnovers. Well, they uh, only got three last year. Right, right. right. So last year, from last like, year, Deron Bland stole the show. Yeah. I think they should got to give Deron Bland a chance. And I think that. Um, if if like Deron Bland, if last season wasn't a fluke, um, that Deron Bland um, may be a replacement for Diggs when Diggs hits free agency. Uh, he Diggs is the least uh, of of the, the, the four or so main guys who are going to be hitting free agency. Uh, Diggs is the guy I would want to keep the least. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, and and. A lot of it's going to depend on what he wants. I, I would, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm anticipating he's going to want like twenty plus million a year, which I would not give him. And, and frankly, because of Steph, it, a lot's going to depend on how they're deployed. But most likely, because Stefan Gilmore is in there, it it should make. Diggs' life easier. So even if he has a much better year in terms of the PFF grading and, and maybe he get, gets back to five or six interceptions, I still would be hesitant about paying him that kind of money because Gil, it's with Gilmore there. And 
Gilmore, you have to figure, is probably a one- to two-year rental. He's not going to be there forever. And if you pay Diggs that kind of money, it makes it all the more certain that a guy like Stefan Gilmore is not going to be there because you can't afford him. So, yeah, I, I'm hesitant about paying Trayvon Diggs much more so than the, the other two big name free agents, CeeDee Lamb and uh, Mike Parsons. But uh, I do think for this year, if this is all we're talking about, I think he and Gilmore will, will be a formidable pair. And, and they could be, especially with Drawn, Drawn Bland as a slot corner, I think though that's one of the top three cornerback trios in the NFL. I, I, I'm not as confident yet in Bland's ability to play outside. I think there's definitely a possibility he could, but I would, I would like to just you know see him another year in the slot. If a guy, if someone gets hurt, maybe try him at outside. But it seemed like he was better in that role in the slot, and and also slots become a very valuable position because sure. of how teams deploy. A lot of teams deploy their top receiver, like the like Cowboys us. do. It's Ceedee Lamb, uh, so. Yeah, I but but yeah, I think just for this year, I agree. Diggs, not a guy I probably want to sign long term. Now, if he if he's taking fourteen or fifteen million a year, I would definitely consider that. But twenty plus, I'm probably out on that. But for this year, where we've got both him, Gilmore, and Bland locked up, I, I think that's a phenomenal trio of cornerbacks, and and it definitely gives. Don't forget Jordan Lewis; he can play. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and if he comes back in the list, Frank. Yeah, but if he's... I mean, we're holding our breath. We're holding our breath on Jordan Lewis. We're holding our breath on Tyron Smith. We're holding our breath on Tony Pollard. Yeah. You know, I'm holding Tyron my breath Steele. on Anthony Brown. I'd like to see Anthony Brown be healthy and be back as a backup. But I don't think you know, he's going to get... I mean, just a, to, to lose yourself to an injury like that, that's just yeah. ugly. Yeah, you're right. But there's definitely a lot less pressure on Jordan Lewis, and if he came back, Anthony Brown. Like, those guys are not expected to start. Right. Whereas Tony Pollard, Terrence Steele, and Tyron Yeah, Terrence Steele is another guy, yeah. Yeah, much more critical that those guys be back at full health. So, but yeah, the, the Jets are, are an interesting one. I mean, that's going to be a great litmus test. That's going to be the first real early season litmus test of Dak Prescott. You've got Sauce Gardner. You've got, I mean, they've got a good, a good corner. I'm spacing on the other guy's name. Uh, he was with Seattle before the Jets. But, I mean, they've got one of the best duos in the league, maybe the best cornerback one in the league. They've also got a tremendous defensive tackle in Quentin Williams. So the Jets... I'd be surprised if they're not, and they drafted a defensive end in, in Will McDonald. So I'd be surprised if they're not a top two or three defense again. And that's a challenge. That that's what Dak has struggled with the last two years is top tier de- defenses in the playoffs. And so I, I, I'm, that one's kind of a pick 'em to me. I'm, I, on my initial pick of the season i think i put the jets winning but i i again i think that one's pretty 50 50 
right now. Uh, then week three, we are playing the Arizona Cardinals in in Arizona on the road. Well, they're hurting. Yeah. Literally. I mean, Kyler Murray's probably not going to play. I, I think right. he's supposed to be out half the season. Yeah. And honestly, even if he wasn't playing, I, I think we would win. They are a good candidate to be the number one seed or number one pick yeah. in 2024, I guess. I mean, even with they, – they still have DeAndre Hopkins. I'll give him that. He, he's the subject of a lot of trade rumors, but it sounds like he's going to stay with Arizona. And, and he's trying to, you know, save face. And he went out and said, oh, I never explicitly asked for a trade, which technically true, but he very heavily pointed towards some teams he wanted to go to. So, I mean, that's their best player by far now. They, they lost J.J. Watt. I mean, they're... They're just bereft of talent on both sides of the ball. Kyler Murray, good quarterback, but seems like kind of a head case. Not not necessarily. I don't I don't know if he's got the intangibles you want in a elite quarterback that you've paid a market setting deal to. And I think they very well could draft his replacement next year. I, I'm not sure how they would... I don't know the details of his contract enough to say that they could get out of his contract. I have no idea about that, but I, it wouldn't surprise me at all, especially when they basically did the same thing with Josh Rosen and then drafting Kyler Murray after Josh Rosen sucked, who was a top 10 pick. It wouldn't surprise me if they moved on after this year in what's expected to be one of the best quarterback classes in a long time. So, yeah, the Cardinals, it's kind of like the Texans last year, where from looking into the season towards in the middle of the season, there's just no way I can see them being competitive. Like, more than a, I don't know, four-win team maybe. Now, I will say I, I thought that about Seattle last year. And Seattle put together a nice season. They made the playoffs. But I think the difference is Colt McCoy. You kind of know what you have in him. I mean, maybe if they, they drafted a quarterback, uh, I think, is it Clayton Toon? I forget which, which quarterback. But they drafted a guy really late. You know, maybe he could be a you know Brock Purdy type and and exceed expectations. But I just don't see yeah Clayton Toon from Houston. I just don't see the talent around them to where even if a a rookie quarterback was better than expected, he'd be able to elevate them. Like I don't know if Patrick Mahomes would be able to elevate this particular team. So I think we should easily beat the Arizona Cardinals and if we only win by four points like we did against Houston last year the game that I went to that would be a very disappointing result so yeah I, I would say the the likelihood of that one if, if I'm putting a percentage likelihood of us winning against the Cardinals would be 99 only because there, there's always a chance but 
the highest possible percentage I would put on us beating the Cardinals. I would put the Giants at probably like 60 to 70% win probability. And then, like I said, the Jets, I, I see that one as a as a toss-up, like 45 You're starting your own gambling ring, aren't you? Yeah, it must be being in Vegas last weekend the for bachelor party. I'm, I'm uh, setting the odds. But, uh, yeah, that's that's how I, I see them at this stage. Who knows, with, with injuries, with additional signings and possible trades, that could change, but it's unlikely to. So that would put us at... Uh, Two and one, with a decent chance of being three and zero oh to start the season. Who starts at tight end? Ferguson. Yeah, I think Ferguson, I, but I think we we'll probably do a lot of two tight end sets. Oh yeah, we always and, do. Yeah, and Shoemaker probably takes the lead in those situations. I, I think uh-huh. if, if we're Idea. Yeah, I think the situation is going to dictate a lot because Shoemaker should be the better blocker, even in year one as a rookie. But Ferguson should be the better receiver. And I think anytime it's a passing situation or anytime it's a one tight end situation, because anytime there's multiple tight ends, there's a decent chance it's going to be a run. Last year, how much yeah. did they employ... Uh, four-man lines that were all defensive ends. Do you know? That's a good question. I don't know, and I don't know how I would be able to find that out either. Um, I would imagine it was oh, on... PFF doesn't have a grade for four-man defensive end fronts? No, it, it does show the spots players lined up, like the... Yeah. Because I, I think, think that it, would be a good idea for us to run a lot of those teams passing yeah. as much as they do, and Demarcus Lawrence could kick inside, and right. you know we got to get those guys on the field. Yeah, we got a lot of I talent agree. there on the edge. I agree. Yeah, I, I think uh, Mike Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence inside, and then either Odigizua or Golston, or if this guy Fahoko can can play a little, kick him inside, and then. Sam Williams outside. That's a pretty deadly pass rush. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping that fourth round rookie, uh, the fourth round defensive tackle, uh, can contribute this year. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah. Uh, they don't deserve to be they named yet. Names, um, right, but right. the fourth rounder, I, uh, I really hope he can contribute because we need a lot of help at that at that three technique. Alessio Dikizuga yeah. can really bring his game to a next, the next level at this point in his career. I've given up on Gallimore. I've given up on Bohanna. Same. Yeah, but Odigizua has gotten progressively better. I, I think he could be a plus starter. But you definitely want guys rotating in, no, no matter what. Even with Mozzie Smith, as much as he's shown a capability of, of playing a lot of snaps in college— You'd rather he plays, you know, seven, eight hundred snaps where he's at his peak freshness and have someone, you know, pl- rest him the rest of it that rather than a thousand snaps a season. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, 
I'm with you. Well, there. if he doesn't develop a pass rush, he's not going to play that many. He's snaps. not going to play pass rush snaps, right? So that's that would limit him severely. But um, but I I think he again you take it with a grain of salt. We we were talking up Tristan Hill, and and I almost bought into uh, Tristan Hill listening to Will McClay wax poetic about his his athleticism and his traits but we we've talked a lot about how mozzie smith was not asked to do much as a pass rusher in college and, and how we will deploy him differently but then again they said that about jordan davis and year one he didn't show much as a pass rusher at all so i'm not not expecting a ton out of Mozzie Smith, but if he can be at least, you know, middle of the pack, you know, 60s as grading from the PFF model in as a pass rusher, you can live with that as long as he's a plus run defender. Um, then then he's he's a good option even in the like if he can maintain that, then I'm I'm cool keeping him on the field at least in like third and medium situations where there's a possibility of a pass or a run but he's then so, in like the third and he's, long you want to he's so big and strong though i can't see how he wouldn't at least have a bull rush to collapse the middle of that pocket yeah well i think part of it from the scouting reports i read part of it is his get off which i feel like is coachable and then the another thing i believe his get off is slow yes yes and then I think I'm gonna look up uh, Mozzie Smith's report. I think also his his hand fighting is not particularly nuanced, which again I think that's something Dan Quinn should be able to to work on. Um, he doesn't have a Leon line, a Leon let get off, huh? Leon let had the fastest get off I've ever seen. Yeah, the the guy I always think of forget Leon let was before my time as an active fan at least. But uh, the guy I remember was, um, yep, the first thing, I'm, I'm reading just a random scout report, while Smith has great explosive capacity, he doesn't consistently bring an elite first step. Um, he has high-end power capability, He can, but he can more consistently apply it, doesn't have elite length, I don't care as much about that, leg drive. So pad level being too high sometimes. Okay. Um, has large hand in his hmm. So it sounds like pad level can be uh, could be better. Sometimes he's too upright. So not a whole lot about the. Yeah, yeah, okay. So this is what I was thinking. He, he doesn't always have a pass rush plan, and he can be uncoordinated when rushing across alignments. So, yeah, I think he's just kind of raw as a just powerful guy who doesn't have a great plan as a pass rusher so far. And, again, you, you don't want to assume he's going to be suddenly a, a plus pass rusher when he hasn't really shown it, but... I think there's something to work with. Dan Quinn should be able to to coach him up a little bit to where, yeah, I, I think if he's 
if he's good enough to wear as a pass rusher to wear on like third and five, third and four, third and six, you want to keep him on the field for the off chance that a team might run. But if they pass, he's not a liability. That's what you want. You yeah. no matter what, he's going to be off the field on like third and eleven. You might as well go with Odigizua and you know a Golston type of form or or Lawrence inside, uh, but. Yeah, I think that third medium is where if he's hitting his high end of achievement, he should be still playing on the field. So, uh, but yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll do it for, for this week, the first three games of the Cowboys schedule. But we'll be back next week to break down the next portion of the schedule. And if there's any other news or topics we want to talk about, uh, we'll discuss that as well. But thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time.